welcome back. See what I did there? To looking back on it. <laughs> a show about albums that nobody has listened to in 20 years. <laughs> so welcome to my world. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. I listened to them on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm joined again by Cole and Matt. Uh, this is the second part of our... I guess two-part episode. Come on. Come on. What's up, brother? <laughs> and uh, what's going on, guys? How you guys been good. since we last talked 20 minutes ago? <laughs> really good. <laughs> two weeks ago? Two weeks two ago? Weeks. Two weeks. Kayfabe, kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, our song dr- our dropped last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Your, your song would be a drop by now, right, TK? And we had two fantastic sold-out shows. <laughs> hey, put it out in the world. I yeah. love it. I love it. So what have you been up to? I heard you're looking to sell mo- a lot of figures yeah, and stuff. I'm selling some action figures. Yeah. Getting, uh, I got too hard into the game yeah. over uh, COVID. Now I'm just trying to downsize a little. And Daddy needs a new computer. <laughs> yeah. I'll t- wait, are you working on some solo stuff? Yeah. I've got, well, just music in general and video. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, mine's like from 2015. So I need. It's yeah. just crashing anytime I do anything. But yeah, I've got uh, some solo shit that I've been working on for the last good year and a half. So it's I've got a music video planning on coming out in the spring. It's all in the works. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Hey, don't want to give too much away. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what have you been up to? I'm trying to get my Diamond Bret Hart unlocked in my faction in 2K22 <laughs> before 2K23 comes out. Yeah. Because I've been playing this damn mode for so long and Brett's like the only guy I still haven't been able to get yet. I bought so many of those WrestleMania packs just to get the Emerald Bret Hart and yeah, it yeah. kept giving me like Jim Neidhart and Stone Cold over and over again. See, the key is you need to buy real cards. No. I will not spend any more real money on it, so I am just spamming matches with Asuka, tapping everyone out as quickly as I can so that I can get more points and try to get Bret Hart, but I keep getting like Cameron Grimes or, so, or someone else. Like, damn it. Roderick Strong. Yeah, over Grimes and is over money. Again. It's like uh, back when Fortnite was like first popping off my drummer my band spent like an ungodly amount of money on skins that's uh that's my wife for you she is literally downstairs right now playing fortnite with a buddy of mine literally that's all she does is she buys the battle pass and then she just spends money on skins i'll like (laughs) i play fortnite maybe once in a while mostly just to play with her because i don't really play it on my own but i'll literally be playing and like i'll open like my inbox and then all of a sudden i have like five new skins i'm like what's going on she's like oh i bought you those as a gift and i'm like like, it's she got me the john cena skin so i'm happy Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he does the you can't see me that's pretty cool, that is cool. <laughs> I, I saw the dragon ball z guys so i'm like that is actually dope i want to be like yep, she's got, them all. Goku. Yeah, yeah, she's got yeah. them all i'll tell you i like, saw some I, video of uh, <laughs> someone like right at the beginning of the game shooting a kamehameha yeah. up into the thing up, and uh yeah. like killing the guy before he even landed I'm like, yeah that's pretty sick that's pretty yeah, sick yeah. Well, oh yeah the guy like i saw that tiktok or whatever yeah. where the guy shot it into the bus and then yeah. it killed everybody in the yeah. bus yeah <laughs> that's wild i'm like that's definitely a broken mechanic in that game no that's not something Goku, Goku would do. <laughs> it's it's Goku. Goku. Goku wouldn't kill a bus, a school, a school bus full of kids. Well, <laughs> that's more of a Vegeta thing. That's dark Goku. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goku Noir. Goku, Goku Black. Noir. Goku Black. Oh man, yeah. No, um, 2K22. I've been actually playing a lot of, only because I'm trying to finally finish like a full complete run of My Rise. Yeah. So I have a guy who's jacked as shit with tattoos all over him. 
Uh, he looks insane. He has green hair with a mohawk and a green beard. And, like, <laughs> nice. and he comes out wearing lipstick to the ring. But he <laughs> takes it off when he wrestles? Yeah, but he takes it off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dressed like John Cena. You're like, what's his days. entrance gear going to be? <laughs> it's it's Seamus. It's lipstick and Seamus is like kilt with a, like, like a formal Scottish wedding attire. <laughs> Drew McIntyre or Seamus? Uh, Seamus wore that, right? The kilt with like the suit. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the bar? Yeah, yeah, the bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, right. his, it's his thing, and then he has lipstick on, and then he takes his uh, gear off, no yeah. lipstick, and then he's got just tattoos everywhere, and he's dressed like John Cena in the early 2000s. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I found a pretty decent Cody Rhodes car uh, and, like, dropped him into universe mode, so I nice. did Cody uh, on Raw and beat Brock Lesnar for the title there yesterday. Oh, so I got my eyes set, uh, set on Roman Reigns next. We got to do, like... to SmackDown brand. I know we got to do like a like a for revolution or something like that. Cole, you got to come by. We'll do like a like a simulation thing or something. I'll set up the Xbox downstairs and we'll stream it. Or yeah, we'll, do, we'll so, set yeah. up the AW card as is with like yeah, all the exactly. cards and everything. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. But forget about wrestling, <laughs> or don't forget about wrestling because there's a tie-in. There. There's a there's a little, a little bit, bit of a tie-in. You think you're special? <laughs> you do. <laughs> but uh, this. Week, I guess technically. I oh, I don't want to say this month. I'm so used to this saying this episode. Month. But this episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water by Come Limp on, come on, <laughs> and uh, keep just, on rolling. Baby. Just a little bit of a brief history on this album. This is the third studio album by new metal band Limp Biscuit. The name, obviously, a slang term for a butthole. <laughs> chocolate starfishes. But it's mixed with uh, an inside joke by their guitar player Wes Borland, where. Um, he was he made a joke while they were on a truck stop like or at a truck stop on tour and uh, it was this crystal geyser flavored water. He made jokes about it having meat or hot dog flavored water. So that's where they kind of came, came around to the whole album idea anyways for the name and uh, the album Steve man Steve well, it, the, it the must al- have been funny at first, and it's like, really, we're going with this for yeah. the album name? Like, <laughs> yeah. actually? To be fair, it makes sense for like who they were, Limp Bizkit. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean? their like, name is Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Which we're not going to get into the origin of that. So I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> I think it's pretty <laughs> explanatory. <laughs> yeah, but um, this album kind of received not so amazing critical reception, but... It's it haters. went number one like everywhere in the world. Number like, one on the hater charts. Yeah, it was number one on the hater charts. Like, but like, <laughs> like Rolling Stone gave it like a seven or like a five or something out of ten. It was like really that bad. reeks they, of like the record label slipping some cash to Rolling Stone yeah. and saying, "Give this a good review." Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. But they shit all over it. Like it, it, it didn't okay. take much. But it ended up going six times platinum as of April two thousand two. So obviously they did something right. Well, here. say what you want. They were huge for a long time. Yeah. Like, well, maybe not that long. There was like a two, three, four year stretch where like they were gigantic. Oh, absolutely. They were yeah. they were everywhere. Right? They were in the same breath as like Britney Spears and Justin yeah. Timberlake. Yeah. Fred Durst. Like, <laughs> what? There was what? that famous like MTV Awards where Fred Durst and Christina Aguilera yeah. did like a duet together after they had had all their beef in like the Teeny Bot magazines oh, or, or whatever. Because there was no Twitter then to have Twitter beef. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, yeah. It was on magazine covers. MTV TRL beef. beef. Yeah. Yeah. TRL beef. This this album was released in October of 2000, fresh off their Woodstock debacle, so. oh, which is probably their most legendary moment. Is Woodstock '99? It have is. You, have you seen the documentary? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. There's With, two of them. Uh, the Miz at the very beginning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the Miz is about? right at the beginning. <laughs> it's like Woodstock. <laughs> that was honestly that was a wild documentary. I mean, like. Yeah. 
all that stuff was like I know it's for like a newer audience, I guess, to kind of like tell the story again. But yeah. like all that stuff was fairly common knowledge. I would have thought like once that was happening, they were for reporting on a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but like I knew like when all that shit happened, I was like nine. What was yeah. what? Nine years old, ten years old. Like I heard about, it. and when I was in high school, you know, the illustrious Woodstock '99. But I, I didn't have any in-depth knowledge of how f- messed up that event was. My my mom and dad pretty much had the like the news broadcasts on repeat in like the house, like when it, when it was happening. Much so, music was broadcasting yeah. it like twenty four seven, and it was yeah. on pay per view the whole and, the whole show. Yeah, and my dad was like, my dad was like, he he wanted to know everything about it because he was like such a big Woodstock sixty nine guy. Yeah. So he was like, he's like, I not I got to know everything about it. And he was like, I remember him being like horrified when like all the stories were coming out about it, like and like not to mention those those trailers exploding and shit at the end, like them just blowing well, the shit out of everything my mom won tickets to woodstock 99 on the radio and she had asked my uncle mike her brother to take me to woodstock (laughs) and he politely kind of told her ain't no way in hell yeah no chance in hell that i'm taking 13 year old uh, my nephew matt to woodstock and as much as it broke my heart at the time because i wanted to go so badly I think he made the right call. Oh, no kidding. Because I would have yeah. felt so bad for any adult trying to have to babysit like a, oh, like a 13-year-old yeah. at this show. It would have been an absolute nightmare. But he went with his best buddy. Really? And eh? they had themselves quite the time from uh, the stories I've been told about it. You kind of had to. It's, but, I feel like that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. <laughs> you know? But I was that close to getting to go to it. And like as cool as it would have been, and I'm kind of not that upset like considering how much of a mess and a mass of humanity and filth and and everything that was there you could have met the miz yeah i I knew him when he was trampled to death underneath like plywood and fred durst on top of it like surfing on top of the crowd on plywood but either way that kind of propelled them to like a newer you know wave of success uh coming into this album uh they were able to get like some like crazy people on this album like exhibits on it dmx Method Man and Red Man, like those are big names. Scott Weiland was in for some yeah. vocals, and like I always forget about this, but Ben Stiller is like really good buddies with Fred Durst, <laughs> so he's on the outro just ripping on Fred Durst, just doing spoken word over top of a beat. I totally forgot about that, and that's one of those things. There's like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to it today actually, and there's the I can't remember what track it is, but he's just like. He, I love you, Ben. Still, like the yeah, yeah. Like, I, I told you. He's <laughs> like, wait, what? Well, see, here's the thing. Like Ben Stiller's in the break stuff video. Right. I always forget that, and I'm totally like, forgot yeah, that. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So, it, but like you have like on the very end of the outro, you have Rob Durdeck leaving him voicemails. Like at the time, Rob Durdeck was just a skater. He was nobody, right? You know, Mark Wahlberg. Like what kind of. What kind of friggin' crossover are we dealing with here? Mark you know Wahlberg I mean? and the Biscuit Bunch, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. That kind of makes more sense because they were really popular. Right. Everything Jenkins. about everything about the two thousands, like just what a time. What a weird time. It's I I I was telling Matt about this. It's like nineteen ninety eight to two thousand eight. Yeah. Is like the weirdest time yeah. in history. Like for pop culture. Well, like we were we were having this discussion at work. Name name one movie with Tom Cruise and Beyonce in it. 
Austin Powers. <laughs> what? Uh, Tom Cruise is in that? Tom Gold, Cruise Gold member? in Goldmember. The third one. In the, the third, third one. He, he plays Austin Powers in the movie theater. Like in the movie oh, of Austin Powers, Austin Powers. In the Austin watching, Powers movie. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> random. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like, what kind of, what is going on? It, it was the age of, I'm totally random. Yeah. <laughs> either, either way, though, this album had, like, some of their biggest hits from the band today, like, Roll In, My Generation, and My Way. It garnered a lot of mainstream success with Take a Look Around being on Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, not to mention the use of their songs within the wrestling industry, like My Way being the theme song for WrestleMania 17. The um, greatest WrestleMania. The, the greatest? X7, it's it's universally declared the best WrestleMania. Really? If I've... you had to pull like a 10,000 wrestling fans, it would probably win like 68% of the vote if I had to throw random numbers that aren't factual at all out there. <laughs> if, I, if I had to make up what I was about to say, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, man. you might not say that's the greatest WrestleMania, but it it in my opinion is but the greatest uh, WrestleMania promo pack is that my way the rock, rock versus austin, austin yeah. with my way behind it yeah that's a legendary that. promo with I that song that. Yeah. that makes sense oh man but this this album as much as as much as it's considered by by a lot of people in terms of Limp Bizkit's fans this could be like considered like you know where the band went wrong yeah. Because after this is kind of, it really drops off <laughs> very Honestly, significantly. I have no memories at all of Limp Bizkit after this album. Oh, I like, do. Like, I do. I me, remember I, the Behind I, Blue Eyes cover. I remember yes. that. Yeah, uh, not that. me. They were done for me after this. It's just they kind of left my rotation. See, I started buying records after this record. I was only 10 when this came out, so I was like 12, 13 by the time I, I started getting into yeah. buying music. Like which, actually, is where, which is where Behind Blue Eyes and that album um, really came out. <laughs> yeah, what was that record? Uh, Significant Other. That was before this album. Oh, before no, this yeah, album. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Significant green, Other was 99. The Green, yeah. The Green, it's huge. a picture of Results Fred may vary. Results may vary, yeah. <laughs> it was 03, I think. Yeah, 03. Yeah. That's See, right. I remember buying that record. <laughs> no recollection of that. No, one I bought I bought Chocolate all. Starfish, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I didn't look back. That whole new metal era phase kind of turned into after that for me turned into Slipknot because O right. three had or O four was Subliminal Verses, right by Slipknot. So I had completely making the switch over to Slipknot. Oh, yeah. We, we got to do that debut Slipknot album one day. Yeah. Iowa. Iowa's cool too. Iowa, Iowa is is like it's a very high up in my list in yeah. terms of like top ten <laughs> albums. So I will be doing Iowa at some point in time if you guys want to hop on. See, I never really the debut album for me is the one. Yeah, I I, I know you were in, huge into Slipknot big time. Yeah, that see my early memories of like of Limp Biscuit actually yeah. goes back to like I have like a weird vivid memory of actually hanging out at your place. When I uh and you and your brother were playing Final Fantasy Seven. Oh yeah. <laughs> blasting this record. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was playing with the Power Rangers Megazord. Oh, take me back. <laughs> in your take living me room. back, please. That is like that is burned <laughs> into my brain. FF seven slipknot blasting and like got the Power Rangers toys downstairs. Yeah. Man. Nineteen ninety nine, man. Oh, the what only thing time. the only thing that was missing was the pogs. <laughs> no. They were in the binder somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Learning how to draw Goku on a. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most anime thing you could have said. <laughs> oh yeah, I do so much Dragon Ball Z back then. Oh, yeah. 
Oh man! But why do you, what do you say we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing, and let's uh, start off with the opening segment that we did last week that I just made up, Rip City. <laughs> Rip City, Rip City, bitch. Rip, rip, such a 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 bitch. So for Rip City this week, I chose the opening guitar riff on Hot Dog. Technically, I guess you could say it's the opening guitar riff period on this album, but uh, it has that intense electric guitar sound that Limp Bizkit is known for, like that... Uh, West Borland, Borland, like, wow. Yeah, the distortion, yeah, where it sounds like he's just like either riding a wah pedal or a whammy bar, I can't tell. The or just, like going from one end of the string to the top and then back down, yeah. like, whoa. It's, yeah. all, it's all about the sliding of, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of people rip on this band, like, mostly for Fred, um, Yeah, but... As far as like a musical, the musical talent of the actual band itself, they do some pretty crazy and unique things. Like Wes's guitar playing is bar none. Like yeah, at the time he was, he was just, always such an interesting cat too. With the whole getup he always had, the face paint, and the outfits, and the hair, and yeah. the, the the contact lenses, and everything too. He was like a wrestling gimmick in inside of a rock and roll band oh, almost, yeah. right? Now he's working with Danny Elfman. Did you know? <laughs> really, that makes yeah. so much sense though. Yeah, yeah. like. That's awesome. Yeah, Danny I've, Elfman did some of the best music, like uh, movie music of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was wild. I saw a TikTok with it the other day, and it was like, "Is that Wes Borland working with him?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm the guitar player for this band now, and, and Danny Elfman's their producer." Yeah, we're doing Nightmare Before Christmas too. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or Batman Returns again. You know, you know what I mean? But um, this this whole riff itself, I feel like, just sets the whole tone for the album. Yeah, it just starts oh off, and then you know you have Fred Durst. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> introducing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is like this is like the epitome of that. I'm gonna have to renege on that later when I do over under, but it's okay. <laughs> like, but this this riff itself is the best part of that entire song, 100. Uh, yeah. Maybe the best part of the whole album. What do you got, Cole? Riff City. Uh, Riff City. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. That opening riff is... I think I you did the opening riff last week on... <laughs> oh, yeah, you did, too. Yeah, you did. But, like, <laughs> I feel like for the same reason, it just introduces the record and what I think makes Limp Bizkit and this record so special is just that groove, like, bow, no, that, wow, pa- that power wow, that wow. they have, too, as a band. <laughs> it's just like oh it just makes you want to just jump break stuff you know it makes you just it it, it was it's so perfect it just it it makes you want to jump around and i'm just a perfect riff for to to, uh and and i'd say the runner-up is actually the uh clean guitar riff for uh my way no i i I totally agree with you i mean this like the you want it. You want to set the whole tone for the album, and like just coming in as hot as they do on that on that entire riff is just fantastic. Uh, Matt, what do you got for Riff City? It was hard. I was gonna go with that same riff too, but I went with something just a little different. Change it up. I'm always a fan of these like new metal uh, albums when they they go from the real highs to the quiet part and build it back up again into like a big drop. Yeah. So on the song, uh, it'll be okay. There's like real spacey guitar that builds up, and like I really like this part from Fred Durst, where it's like, "If there's a better place you can take me, a better na 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 to start all over." Yeah, and it yeah. builds up, and like the guitars just come in so layered with that that lyric, uh, like repeated again, and it's just such a big drop for me that just really hits. Where it's like, I love that build up, 
and then boom, Mosh Pit City, right? When it all comes in. Yeah. And it just felt like uh instead of just his like Fred Durst rapping and screaming, like it was kind of more of a melodic part with like lyrics that really fit and like was a little bit of a different flavor on the album that stood out to me. And I think that's where this record shines the most. And I think where Limp Biscuit, in my opinion, shines the most. Uh especially on this album, uh Wes's uh, use of like delayed guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. real glassy delay yes. sounding stuff in the background, and then it comes in heavy with that huge distortion. And when he like it, less of the silly, fun, jumpy songs, but when it gets like, uh, we'll go to my underrated later. But when it gets really melodic and intense and heavy, and yeah. it's almost like too the yin and yang of the yeah of, of the like band. the silly, like fun metal, new metal, rappy stuff with the, like anger. the serious, the, yeah. the serious like emotional side of the band. And I think that's where it shines for me. And like getting into music at this age, that's what attracted me to this band. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will, I will say that Wes Borland's clean parts are so uniquely different than like a lot of the bands that were out at that time. I don't know what kind of effects he's using. I have no idea what his pedal board looks like, but you could tell like that was something that he alone came up with you know what i mean like it was just it was such a such a cool thing like and it, it's very prevalent even on significant other the album before yeah. um but he really honed it on this album for sure just nail like that like i was saying that opening riff on um my way yeah you think you're bing, bing. yeah you think you're better it's so simple but just has so much like was so uh, emotional and like so driving into that into that when it actually hits it hits in with the with the chorus yeah 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 he was such a fun guitar player for me like i seen limp biscuit at skydome in 1998 with method bed red band and system of it down <laughs> i feel like i've told this story before <laughs> but just seeing them on stage he was he was just i was just so drawn to west borland and for a lot of the reasons you said like and like as a aspiring guitar player just starting at the time i wanted all those effects pedals it was yeah, like yeah. i wouldn't know what to do with them if i had them but gosh darn did i ever want them i'm such an inspiration for that for me i've been playing guitar for 18 years yet now and i still don't know what to do with all the pedals there's, <laughs> there's so much there it's like every color under the sun right yes. and it's like what do you do with them how do you paint with this now yeah, yeah pretty much that's <laughs> but uh that kind of leads into my top three tracks for the album uh mostly because uh my way was my my choice for like it's it's not technically number one for me Technically, I the way these guys can see my notes on the screen. I have them on the screen for everybody not here, obviously. But um, technically, the second song is my favorite, and I'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. In no was, particular order. In no particular order, my way was definitely um, definitely on my top three tracks of the album. Uh, the sample right off the bat is clutch to set the toe. Check out my melody. Check, <laughs> check, check. check, right? check. <laughs> you know, like, I have oh, such a weird nostalgic love for that. Check. Yeah, You're like it just brings me to your living room yeah. with the Power Rangers and Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Take me back. Yeah. Take me back, please. Such a simple time. Well, DJs and rock bands were a thing uh, at this time, right? Like, yeah. how many bands had a DJ? Like, it was the in thing to do. But, it, like, this, the chorus on that song just is pure gold. It still has that, like, angry message that Limbiscuit always had, like, where yeah. everything everything's very aggressive. Stuff like that, but it's more of an emotional tone. 
Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to do things my way. <laughs> it's my way. And uh, the voicing on the guitar, co- the, the guitar chords themselves is really different for them. Like uh, a lot of like uh, sevens and stuff like that, like on top of on top of the power chords or the bar chords. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm a sucker on an interesting, like for an interesting bridge. And this one is no exception. This bridge is unbelievable in this song. Uh, the key change and the sweet, uh, you know, alternate picking riff, like on top of it is so cool. Mm. I'm going to go to my actual favorite song on the album, and I'm probably going to get torn apart for this, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> my favorite song on this album is Roland, but the Urban Assault Vehicle version. That's the hip-hop version, the right? The hip-hop version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I'll t- and I'll tell you why. I only chose it because um, at the time that I first heard this album, I was very much into rap and hip-hop. Like, so it was fresh off a of significant other with, you know, like... And together now being like the shit in my mind. I thought that this, song this was felt so like, good. Yeah, like, they felt like they needed I mean? a version of "End Together Now" on this album, and that's almost why they well, did a twist like this. He on literally, it. he literally took part of the verse, right? Yeah. So where the f you at, punk? Shut the. F- <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah, like he said that stuff like on the same song. So like. Fred Durst's part honestly ruined this version. <laughs> like, like to be honest, it. Yeah. to be honest, like Swiss Beats doing the producing, Swiss Beats was huge at the time. Like, you know, big name. You had Method Man, Red Man, DMX. DMX will forever go down as probably one of the best rappers of all time. Ar, 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 ar. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not to mention, like uh, the synth version of the riff mixed with like the electronic drums goes so hard. <laughs> It's you need so to good. go back and li- you're selling me on this. I'm, say- I'm you're telling sell- you. You're selling it I'm telling me. you, literally, if you just ignore the Fred Durst, like like <laughs> like the Fred Durst verse, like the like the, the Method Man verse. Yeah. When yeah. I let these nuts hang, it's tang. <laughs> like, that shit is amazing. Like, I don't care how silly the lyrics are. It's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. It's the only thing, the only thing that's like really, really like sucks me in on it is DMX. Mm-hmm. DMX will always like have a special place in my heart, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. But, but like, you know, like some of the, some of the best rappers of all time on this, yeah. uh, maybe not, maybe not so much red man, red man's okay. <laughs> like, but, but method man and DMX for sure. Yeah. Method man, red man are a combo package. They go together. Yeah. I like, to be honest, like I know red man was technically in the Wu Tang clan because of method, man, <laughs> but like really method man's the star. Like yeah. he's the Shawn Michaels and red man's the Marty. <laughs> Making me want to watch, go back and watch how high now. Yeah. I get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But for my final pick for the top three tracks is obviously my generation because Let's be honest. If we're talking about any song on this album, it's probably My Generation or Roland because those were the most popular songs, period. This song would also work for the second track slot, I thought, always. Yeah. Like, like right off the bat from the intro just to pump the listener up. Like, it has a huge intro, straight drums right into the heavy guitar riff, right? A John Notto, take him to the Matthews yeah. Bridge. And yeah. Get it. You know, so... Uh, the pre-chorus, you know, just classic Limp Biscuit charm with the go ahead and talk shit, <laughs> talk shit <laughs> about, about me. me. <laughs> you know, so um, not to mention the bridge. I'm a sucker for a bridge. I said it earlier. You oh, know, yeah. uh, the clean guitar buildup. You know, um, was is this one? Who gets the blame? Yeah. <laughs> and I get the blame. Yeah, yeah. just into a huge breakdown with the scratching. Yeah. DJ Lethal, bring it on! <laughs> you know, so. And that that part reminds me so much of the breakdown in, in Nookie. Yeah, the yeah. build up oh, went, I, did it I, all for the. Nookie. I found this album. They there were so many parts in it that brought me back to Significant Other. 
almost like they kind of copied the formula from a lot of the big songs from that album and kind of redid it again on well, this one. See, see here this here's the thing. That's like the number one criticism about this album. I did a lot of research on this album because to be fair, it was big when I when I first heard it. And it was a lot of skips on this album. There's a lot of songs that I had to re-listen to for the first time in, you know, 20 years. You yeah, know what I mean? It, so it feels like they just like tried to write significant other over again because that album was gigantic, right? It really feels like they tried to just slap a like a different color palette on top of the it same was, album. It was a fast turnaround. It really was. Because significant other came out in end of ninety-eight. They did Woodstock ninety-nine. Then this album, they immediately started recording right. right after. Yeah. So it was very much they were still riding the same wave of relevancy, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It it is what it is, and it's a lot of uh control C, control V, as I like to call it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Copy so, and paste. Don't yeah. fix what ain't broke. What's up? So don't fix what ain't broke. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the album went six times platinum, so who am I to call it? <laughs> I don't say anything, really. You know yeah, I mean? fair enough, All right? right? Cole, what do you got for your top three tracks? Uh, my top three, so my very favorite al- uh, song on this album is My Way. I just think it, it, it hits the per- exactly what I like about Limp Bizkit and doesn't do the things that I don't like about Limp Bizkit. Okay. It, it, it's a little bit more emotional. It hits heavy with the guitar riffs. Uh, it takes itself a little bit more seriously and doesn't have so much of Fred Durst and his corny raps. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I love Limp Bizkit, but there's aspects of them that I don't... I Like, I skip a lot of their songs because of the silly, corny rap rapping. Yeah. Um, where I think My Way just hits that perfect sweet spot. And also... The X7 promo pack is, <laughs> and like it just brings me back. Like that song is yeah. like the perfect ten-year-old me song. It's it just lands perfectly. Um, take, take me back to the Megazord yeah. <laughs> and I, WrestleMania. I X7. wanted that. I wanted oh, a Megazord so bad after playing. Buddy, I think I still have it. One day I'll I'll give it to you. Oh, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure I still have. We're gonna it. have to get a picture with him with the Megazord. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I'd be so happy. It's, it's, in my, it's in my parents' laundry room in a, in with a all tote Dragon somewhere. Ball Z yeah, with all my Dragon Ball and Star I gotta Wars come over guys. And take yeah. With all my Dragon Ball Z fan fiction. That's somewhere down myself. there too all the, all the pictures I drew yeah. thick Goku thick Goku whoa whoa okay not fan fiction <laughs> two C's two, two C's, C's out there um, yeah so uh, my way I think uh, my generation also hits that it's a little bit yeah. more on the the heavier does a little bit more of the, the rap and the, the new metal vibe but it's uh, still doesn't quite enter that silly zone that I think yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that I'm not too fond of oh it's a very it's a very serious song it's like yeah I, limp biscuit is known for their very <laughs> beethoven mozart limp yeah you know what it is about them is the fact that i think it's just if you grew up around that time and you were just an angry kid yeah everybody had a favorite new metal band yeah. like it didn't matter who you were like even if it's just like like even even my wife Tracy listens to them. You know what else she was listening to at the time? Ja Rule. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean, like you know, well, that, but she still thing. knows Limp Bizkit songs. When, when I start, when I got into this band, yeah. uh, when I was you know 10, 11 years old. Prior to this, I was listening to NSYNC. I had just seen NSYNC, mm. like uh, at other uh, Black and Blue t- or not Black, whatever the I forget what which one was. But I, I, that was my first concert was NSYNC, and I was getting into. Oh, Green Day, they're a punk band. And uh, I had some uh, some heavier, my heavier influences were like through um, the mix CDs that my cousins were giving me. 
and and it was like Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, yeah. Green Day. Now I forget where I was going with this, <laughs> but. I have no room to talk. My first concert, I like to tell people it was the Sex Pistols because I went to see them in 2001. It was not. I saw the Backstreet Boys in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, so Matt took me to uh, a Green Day American Idiot tour when I was like 13 going into high school. Balsa Park and Barry. Yeah, yeah. I tell people that's my first concert, but my first yeah. concert was actually the... Yeah. Mine, mine was Bush X when they were still Bush X. You don't have an embarrassing one? No, that's Get my them. first one. That's my first one. Yeah. I guess Bush X is kind of embarrassing nowadays. The Buzzcocks open for them, I'm pretty sure. That's not embarrassing. No, that's it's pretty dope. My parents took me and my bro down Molson Amphitheater to see Bush X in 1996. I will say, though, as a 32-year-old man right now, would yeah. I rather see Bush or NSYNC? I'd probably rather see NSYNC right now. Nowadays? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. I can only listen I'll to Swallowed or Machine. <laughs> I can only I can only listen to Machine Head so many times. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, what do I? Uh, my yeah, way. One, one more left. One more. Oh, yeah, yeah, one more is, left. Uh, or not? It I'll doesn't just... matter. There's no rules. <laughs> There's a... um, boiler. Ooh, see, that's an interesting pick because I I wouldn't I wouldn't have pegged that one as be a top three. It, uh, and we'll I'll get into a little bit more later. Oh, is that your underrated pick? Yeah. As well? Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, underrated track, but yeah, those are my favorite. Nice, because nice. they all kind of fall into that where um, Limp Bizkit gets a little bit more serious with their music. And yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I'm an emo kid, and I love when they get all sad and sad. <laughs> that's <laughs> see, that's my problem. I go, I go for the sad song first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I first heard this album, I was angry all the time as a. 10 year old child <laughs> yeah. so it was like you were just getting back into playing guitar. i was just getting back into playing guitar just getting angry <laughs> oh man matt what do you got for your top three uh, tracks my way and Roland are two of them yeah i'm so nostalgic for the wrestling uh, like uh connection yeah. there Roland was undertaker's theme song for like a while that's right right and then uh, my way again with uh not just uh, the fact that it was so heavily part of WrestleMania 17, but I do think that song, legit, of all the songs on the album, that one probably holds up the best in terms of oh, yeah. putting it on. If someone's never heard Limp Biscuit before and you play My Way for them, yeah. I think it's something most people be like, that's pretty good. Oh, it's, su it's super right? accessible. It's very easily accessible. Right, right. And same same with Roland. That was always just, it's a pretty cheesy song looking back at it now. Yeah. But damn, at the time, was that a fun song? Dude, it's the, it was new, always a fun kick-ass like tune. It's the new metal Macarena. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> to be honest, so there was always a funny-ass skit that I saw on Mad TV back in the day where Will Sasso played Fred Durst because he, <laughs> he had a whole thing where he used to play Fred Durst for like a bunch of sketches. Yeah. And obviously Mad TV being around that time was going to make fun of whatever was the most popular. Absolutely. And uh, he had a song called Posin. <laughs> he would make Pose fun of how posing. he's a poser. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah, I do remember that being like the coolest thing. He's like, I keep posing, posing, posing. What? <laughs> Man, like, like Fred Durst like spawned a whole generation of kids my at, at my age like with red New York Yankees hat, white yep. T-shirt, and a goatee. <laughs> yeah, it was like Eminem with the bleach blonde hair and the white T-shirt, and Fred Durst with the Yankees well, hat and the white T-shirt. I mean, like, it's that very, was it's very the look. similar. Like, yeah, it's a very similar one was look. hip hop and one was rock, and like the yeah. the, the crossover. Honestly, Limp Biscuit was kind of part of my crossover into Eminem into the hip hop world. If like to be honest for yeah, myself, yeah, exactly. At the time, 
So like it was just so funny that whole generation in 2000 and in that early era of how much of an influence it was he was on like the fashion of like the youth at the time too. <laughs> it's funny. White t-shirts and New York Yankees baseball hats. So I have to ask, do you still have your red, red Yankees hat? I never, I never went that far. No, never, never. I could never as a tr- proud Torontonian rock anything New York. It was always yeah. uh, goalies were, go. That's probably good such a Maple Leafs guy. Oh, buddy, yeah. still yeah. am. Bleed blue, blue, baby. Instead, he was just wearing his Gary Roberts jersey. I still wear my Gary Roberts jersey. <laughs> You can catch me on a Saturday night rocking that jersey. <laughs> oh, man. I'm pretty sure while I was listening to My Way of Playing with That Megazord, you were wearing a jersey reading the... The hockey news? No, yeah, <laughs> that was on. You're reading Mankind's... Oh, uh, Have a Nice Day. Have a Nick Nice Foy's Day. book. Like, yeah. That's that's my vision of like... Dude, I got that book on Christmas. That is the, I, I that finished is the, most the whole thing by sentence. the time I got home, like the next couple days later or whatever, we spent the at grandma's house. That's the most 90s sentence I've ever heard. Oh, we, we, were oh, playing, we were playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, we were playing Warzone. War, WWF <laughs> Warzone, reading Mick Foley's book. That's yeah. what got me into wrestling. Oh, dude. Oh, man. Take yeah, me fond, back. Fond memories. But, <laughs> but so uh, My Way and Roland are probably top two. And I threw Hot Dog in there uh, because I love that opening riff. It's such a kick-ass yeah. riff to start. Yeah. And it's 46 frigs to, in this frigged up verse. He says the <laughs> F word 46 times in the first yeah. minute and a half of that song. I think the only time it got beat was when the um, South Park movie came out right after. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. And... Uh, I was fascinated again looking uh, on the re-listen of this. I haven't heard it in so long. Was his beef with Trent Reznor? Yes. And he throws so much Nine Inch Nails lyrics into the beginning of this song too. I want to f you like an animal. Uh, I'm not a perfect drug. You take me closer to God. Yeah. And so I I had forgot that Trent Reznor and uh, Fred Durst were beefing. I think it was more Fred Durst at the time because I can't so, see Trent Reznor really giving a crap of what Fred Durst thinks. So he really screwed himself on this because he ended up having to pay Reznor royalties on that song. There you go. Because because he had stolen his lyrics and Reznor was like essentially threatening to take legal action so he had to credit him as a writer on that song right so guess who won (laughs) Reznor for sure for sure so tune in for my nine inch nails downward spiral (laughs) review next you know who really won the fragile for me I love the fragile oh Oh, man god but uh, so yeah, just uh, for 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 hot dog for that song, it was such a time capsule of how like music beefs used to be back then. Where like again, there was no social media or whatever, and yeah. like a song like that was such a ooh. Did you hear what Fred Durst said about Trent Reznor in his song, <laughs> or like trying to decipher the little digs and just how angry music was at the time? Oh yeah, everyone was so angry at the time, and the <laughs> amount of f words in this was just such a time capsule for me plus like such a badass riff from west borland on top of it kind of made it a standout tune for me yeah i remember the rumor when that when that song came out when i was in elementary school or whatever it was was like oh but he if you actually count the number of f words that drop it's not 46 or whatever the number he says (laughs) it's like that was (laughs) nobody will go back and count i don't i I think we i think me and jimmy did one we were sitting outside skateboarding and I'm like, we used to have this little boom box that I would sit outside. It was a 
it was a JVC boombox. It was yellow. Yeah. We used to call it like the banana one. It was like a you have to spin oh, yeah. the top open and then you would put the disc in the top. Yeah. 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 And we, we used to listen to just shit outside of like that and just skateboard all day. And I remember he's like, no, it's 46. I counted it. I counted it. I remember having this. <laughs> I vividly, as soon as you said that, I vividly remember having this argument because we used to listen to every single day. We'd listen to ICP or, or Limp Bizkit or Corn. That's oh, all dude, it was yeah. while we skateboarded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But that kind of ties in well to our to our next segment there over under. So so for over under, I I mean, there's a million songs I could have chose for overrated on the, on, this, <laughs> on this album. I mean, this album, like I said, is not the best. Limp Bizkit album, nor is it even my favorite Limp Bizkit no, album, but no. but uh, for over, I chose Hot Dog, and I, the only reason why I go into it that way because you chose it as your top three. To be honest, it's the lyrics in this song that kind of take me out of it. They're very uninspired. I find like he's pretty much just ripping off, you know, Trez, Trent Reznor <laughs> the entire yeah. time. There's some ag- personal agenda behind this whole track, right? yeah, yeah, or laziness. That's yeah, it. yeah. It could it could be considered just like a filler song on the album, really. In the my opinion, track it could it could be honestly considered the filler. But song. like, I feel like that's that's Limp Bizkit's story. I don't. I can't say. I don't really know much. Maybe their earlier stuff. And no, yeah, even that. I find like there's like three songs on every record, in my opinion, that are like real <laughs> songs. Yeah. And then the rest are just like, I don't know. I do an acoustic track here, or we'll do a rap song on this part, or like it never feels. None of their albums feel like cohesive no, records. It's, the the flow on every single album is so chaotic. Like there's nothing really like it's like they just chose whatever we recorded. They all it feel this like way. demo tapes. <laughs> they just like yeah, we'll do this and then we'll do that, which is cool. But yeah, like it, uh, nothing. None. It never feels like actual re- songs. Yeah. To to be honest though, my my underrated song is Full Nelson, and uh, that song is unbelievable only because it's a it's a bit of a different sound in terms of the riffs. So like the like the like the descending uh, harmonics, you know, like to start the song, uh, it's definitely definitely very chaotic. But the chorus is so heavy and tough, and it's rem- reminiscent of like break stuff. It's, like, you know, it's West Borland going getting to work on, on that guitar, right? Well, it's, it's even even shredding. even the even the even the Fred uh, Fred Durst uh, like lyrics on that. Cause your mouth wrote a check that your ass can't cash. That's classic Fred Durst, right? You know, there. you know what I mean. And it's it's like perfect. It just works. So you got knocked the fuck. So the bridge in this song though is what my generation could have gone for in terms of like build up and breakdown. I think like that sort of style of build up and breakdown. Like uh, I really like you're gonna burn this motherfucker <laughs> down, <laughs> down. You know so. Uh, just a little bit longer and not to mention the lyrics fit perfectly with the vibe of the rest of the music. Uh, the only criticism I have on this song is that the outro could have been a couple bars shorter. Really? Honestly, like it, it goes on for far too long, I think. But, uh, I think this song sort of falls into that, like nice, a little bit of that sweet spot where he's, he, it is this very silly, angry song, but it doesn't cross that line into it just being like kind of, uh, cheesy. Even though it is cheesy, it doesn't yeah. feel as cheesy as some of the others. Well, you know what it is? It's it's literally it's it's literally the West Borland riffs on it. Yeah. Like that that kind of sets it apart, I think, mm-hmm. from the rest of the album because the lyrics are 
technically, I mean, all the lyrics that Fred Durst writes yeah. aren't really like crazy. Yeah. It's not, it's not crazy lyrical content. You know who he is? He's the 1999 version of Chris Franzak. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? A little like, cringe. A yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like everything's a joke, but it's funny to him. I'm you know? so cool. Yeah, like, I'm so cool. Pizza. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it's, uh, when you get like a salt, like that's a well put together song in terms of instruments and stuff like that. So I, I think that's why it kind of sticks out for me. <clears throat> Matt, what do you got for over under? Uh, overrated for me, it's Take a Look Around, the song that was on the Mission Impossible soundtrack, yeah. and them doing that their take on that classic Mission Impossible theme song. Don't and, tell Tracy that. She's been listening to that all uh, <laughs> Honestly, I hate that. I hate their version of the Mission Impossible song so much. It's yeah. just awful. It, it's honestly like makes my ears bleed. Like I hate it that much. So like for me, that's an easy most overrated because it was... Big on the radio all the time, like when that came out. And uh, underrated for me, it's Hold On with Scott Whalen carrying most of the song. And uh, it was, I was completely forgot that Scott Whalen was on anything on this album. Yeah. And so when I heard it, I'm like, that can't be. And like I checked, I'm like, it is. And the fact that I got to hear one of my favorite uh, rock frontmen of all time, Scott Whalen, on this album was such a nice little breath of fresh air. And this track. Makes no sense in the context of the yeah, rest yeah. of the album. <laughs> that's the funny that's, part. That's it's, like, yeah, Went biscuit. It's just <laughs> dropped in there, and it is completely different than anything else on there. But it was nice for me to hear Scott Whalen on there. So for me, I'd put that as an underrated one because I had completely forgotten he had done anything with Limp Biscuit before. Yeah. So that's that my underrated one. So Scott Weiland, he's from the the very popular band Velvet Revolver. <laughs> No, he, he was. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, obviously from some devil vines, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that well, that's that's just kind of speaks to like um, the star power that they had back then. Like I guarantee you, Scott Weiland was probably banging on their door to be like, "Hey, can I be on the album?" Well, like, I'm you know, sure. I'm sure he got paid a pretty penny to do it or whatever, right? I know, but it's like you know what I mean. Like it's just it's just crazy. Like that this like this album was supposed to be so anticipated and supposed to be yeah. like the biggest thing that they've ever done. It's like. What the fuck? Like, was like around going the same on? time, STP, I think, had dropped the album number four. Like, Sour Girl was blowing up yeah, huge, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. how different is a song from Sour Girl to, to like, My Way coming out at the same time, right? Yeah, like, yeah. S for Scott Willen to kind of cross over in those two worlds. Well, I think we talked it about cool. it. I think we talked about it at work. It's like, I felt like around this time, it was just like, whatever's hot, every agent's like, you got to get on this. You got to right. get on this. And it was just like, that's Collabs, what it was, right? Yeah. Collabs all the time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for mine, my uh, I'll go with my underrated because I already kind of gave that away. Um, <laughs> Boiler, I, I I just think it it's such a unique song from the rest of the album. It's way it takes itself way more seriously. It's a, a more melodic, and even in their head, the heavy riff, like the opening riff, is just like that. Yeah, some like dissonance in like the chords and shit too. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. but it's. It's like melodic and dissonant at the same time. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to describe it other than that. And uh, it's got this like driving, pulsing force within that guitar and the drum, uh, the drum beat. I just think it, it, it's a very underrated track on the album. Did you guys see the music video for that song at all? What, Boiler? Yeah. There was a music video for I was wa- I was listening to the album on YouTube and the music video came up and it was like Fred Durst jumping out a window and then eating like a maggot filled uh, hamburger that gets 
run over the car smashes into the burger shack and then it turns into like a todd mcfarlane animated version of fred durst and he's like running through all this shit and then it goes back to reality and it's like the band finishes out the rest of the song so it was quite the adventure of a music video that i had totally forgotten about but uh yeah so i thought the video was kind of cool and when i was going through some of this stuff that's, too that's definitely different yeah <laughs> and my i'd say my overrated uh is rolling I just, yeah, I can see it. I, I just keep I, posing, posing, posing. I can't listen to it anymore. I if that song, I, it's my one full skip on this record. So, so to be honest, a lot of when I was doing my research, that was kind of pointed to as the worst song on the album. It was the most, in terms of success for the band, it was probably their number one song on this entire album. This that song is super overplayed. And frankly, not really my favorite album on the, except for the DMX version. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that DMX version. <laughs> but, but, but well, uh, like I said, it's the a new metal Macarena. There's a reason it, it, yeah. it got so big. So f- if it was good enough for The Undertaker, it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, he also had American Badass as his theme song, so it's hard to take him seriously. Well, he, once he heard Roland, he said, okay, out with Kid Rock, in with Limp Bizkit. That was a good choice. Oh, um, speaking of which, uh, I remember on uh, SmackDown, I think it was Sh- Shut Your Mouth, they the one before. Uh, Fred Durst was an unlockable character yeah. in SmackDown, Just Bring It. Yeah, Just was he Bring actually? It. Yeah, yeah, Fred Durst was in the I game. I don't think I ever played that game. If I think you, that's a... It was on PS2. Beat, oh, that's uh, why, you were yeah, the Undertaker never And beat the championship challenge or whatever, uh, you had to uh, fight like 30 guys in a row, and, and or 20 or something. Yeah, and yeah. You, yeah. And, and you Fre- win? Fred Durst was like 99 overall. Like He was like okay. the strongest guy <laughs> in the game. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he, he was like, you could use my song for The Undertaker, but I'll I, be I in had the game. to be in the game. <laughs> so actually, I do remember something like that as being part of the story. Yeah. That that yeah. sounds like Fred Durst. Yeah. 100% sounds like yeah. him. Oh, man. I remember when I did it. I didn't know he was in the game. I was just playing. I was like blown away. I was like, oh, my God, I can play as Fred Durst. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, th- I think it, all it was was I just never played that game. I, like literally, I never had a PS. But uh, let's 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 roll it out here. I think we I think we've exhausted all our options on this <laughs> album. On you know, it's on Limp Biscuit. I think I'm Limp Biscuited out today. Let's uh, roll right into final thoughts. <clears throat> So for my final thoughts on this album, uh, this album itself, while it may not be the best Limp Bizkit album, this this album will kind of always have a special place in my heart, only because uh, it's a lot. There's a lot of skips on it. Like I mean, like get your groove on with Exhibit. It's like okay, it's cool. I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Like you know, like it'll be okay. You know, that's not really like up there on my list of you know songs to put in the rotation, right? But. This is one of the albums I just grew up listening to a lot. Like I said before, out of my boombox, just skateboarding in front of my house, you know what I mean, yeah. with my buddies. And uh, not to mention, uh, I'll always be a Limp Biscuit fan, and this album is no exception. Uh, it definitely shaped my music taste going forward because I still listen to heavy music to this day. It's pretty much how I started. Like when I, like the way I listen to music now is like I'm still like a pissed off teenager. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll still, yeah. like I'll still listen to metalcore and like, you know, stuff like that. But it all stemmed from listening to Corn and Limp Biscuit and Slipknot and stuff. That's where I started. So it definitely, you know, shaped how I, I view music today for sure. I don't know. What do you guys think? That's exactly it for me. Like, um, 
It, you were saying, oh, there, there's not your favorite Limp Biscuit album. To me, there's no favorite Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> there's favorite Limp Biscuit songs, yeah, which are s- spread out between all their different records. Like even their newest one, Dad Vibes or Sucks. I think the album's called Limp okay. Biscuit Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> self aware. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they're self aware. Well, it was sick. Uh, there was these photos that came out of Fred Durst, and he had this new haircut and this new mustache. Yeah, and- yeah. He's and got a whole like, gimmick now, yeah. Oh, does like, he play, actually? Yeah, he wears like a mustache and sunglasses like an and a man. wig and like he's in like a jumpsuit. Play, play, they play in Vegas like all the time. So they were coming back. <laughs> it was like 20, 2021. Yeah, it was like this whole resurgence of like actually biscuits back, but they're like doing this weird thing that he's an old man and he's like dancing like an old man on stage. Oh, was, no. And it actually worked it really like Johnny well. Johnny Knoxville's bad grandpa or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like it worked well in terms of like hyping them up and I remember people being like oh shit Limp Bizkit's back they're gonna put put out a new record it seemed like a fun stage show still though oh yeah it was yeah. great and uh, they had Wes Borland back and everything yeah cause he was gone for a while they had a different dude on guitar for a record he, he left right? after, after this album this album right yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then um, uh, I remember the album dropped and just like every other Limp Bizkit record there's like three or four songs that I was like that sounds like Limp Bizkit and like it was so funny I'm like they're back and they're going to be better than ever. They're going to put yeah. this another, another like my way and all this stuff. Like yeah. three songs in, it's like an acoustic track. Oh no. And then like the song after that, it's like, just like a, like hip hoppy the thing or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, where's the fucking riffs? <laughs> and there was like three songs on the whole album that were actually like bangers. Yeah. Man. It's, I think that's for every, on, um, the green album, whatever it's called. Uh, mm. Results may vary. Results might may vary. Eat you alive. I, I thought was a. We'll get. I'm sure we'll save this for another episode. Yeah. But like, I know I definitely was, will not be doing results. <laughs> may vary. You talk about it okay, all you well, want. Then in that case, <laughs> yeah, 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 like they had like eat you alive, and I really liked uh, like build a bridge and uh, the cover of uh, behind, behind blue, blue eyes. eyes. Yeah, and there might have been a couple other tracks on that record that I liked, yeah. but. Overall, skip, skip, skip. Same thing with this yeah. record. I think there's like a good, solid, super nostalgic, important tracks, but for the most part, see, I, see, I don't know because three dollar Billy All was one of those albums I could literally listen to start to finish. Yeah, see, Counterfeit yeah. was dope. Counterfeit was awesome. Sour. That song is amazing. Yeah. Mellow out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just the tapping bass parts. Like, yeah. there's a lot of it, but I, I agree. Like, they're all very chaotic. Mm-hmm. Every single album, it's it's like they just kind of slap shit together. Yeah. So so that's I kind of charm get it. of Limp Biscuit. It is. Yeah. And their name is Limp Biscuit. So. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Um, this album will always have a nostalgic place of sitting in my basement playing Final Fantasy and and, and wrestling <laughs> and that era, the My Way video, the the Undertaker with rolling as his entrance music, and like my brother playing this CD while we're playing like PlayStation One and N sixty four and all that, all those good times back then. So it all every time I hear anything off this album, it brings me back to that. So I like that it brings me a, a nice warm feeling inside. But yeah, other than that, it's not like some spectacular masterpiece of a record. But the nostalgia is important to me, so that's what I always kind of think of when I think of chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored, flavored water. water. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how they got away with naming their album after an asshole, but you know, uh, but overall, you know, good album, bad album, or in the middle, an <laughs> important thinking? album, important album. Okay, fair enough. We'll leave Influential. it at influential. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that then. Yeah. Uh, Cole, you got anybody you want to thank? Let's just roll right in the. Uh, well, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me for these last two episodes, and can't wait to come back 
you'll have me. Absolutely, of course, anytime. Uh, and yeah, like Nightwell, we have a new song out, uh, TKO. Um, yep. Check it out on all streaming platforms. And uh, sure, we'll play some more shows around Toronto and Ontario and hopefully other places over the summer and we'll see what happens. You know what we should do? We should do like a... You, do, do you listen to movements at all? Uh, yeah. I, uh, we played a show, one of our first shows with Oh really? That's wild. Yeah, if we should do, we should do like feel something or something like that, like that first. Well, time. that's what I was thinking. Maybe like uh, something from like our high school days. Like, okay, yeah, I'd be down like for more that. like I mean, a, thr- a thrice record or like yeah, I'd be down for that. A artist in the ambulance. Let's do yeah, yeah. That. Well, they just re-released it. Oh yeah. Okay then. You well, know like what? re-recorded and everything. We'll be talking off mic yeah. <laughs> this later. But um, yeah, Matt, do you got anybody or anything you like to thank? Uh, bro, call me when you do White Pony by Deftones. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be here. Okay. So uh, that'd be great. Around the fur, White Pony. Either of those two, no problem. Okay. See, like uh, this is a perfect example where I differ. This is my favorite Limp Bizkit record, and Saturday Night Wrist is my favorite uh, Deftones record. Okay. Okay, so you won't okay. be back for the White Pony. <laughs> White Pony was a big deal for, yeah, uh, for 16-year-old Matt Roberts. White Pony was a big deal. I'm always late to the deal. party. <laughs> like, St. Anger is my favorite Metallica record. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, cut, All the, right. cut the mics. This All show right. is Well, thanks over. for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> on looking back on it, uh, you can follow me on twitch.tv. slash ironic. <laughs> Don't you think? Don't you think? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on twitch.tv slash erke90, where I will be playing crappy games that nobody cares about. Uh, and also opening cards, apparently, because that's my life now. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. And, uh, yeah, until next time, uh, I'll catch you later. Peace. Come on.